Hello and welcome to a new episode of Two Girls One Book Podcast with me Rhiannon and the lovely Hannah over there. Hello. And this is our first featured read of 2024. So our January book that we chose uh, was The Bee Sting by Paul Murray and this was one that I guess we've seen around quite a lot because it was Booker Prize shortlisted, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, shortlisted. Um, so I think it came onto our radar around that point because quite a lot of people suddenly started reading it and talking about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were interested and wanted to know more. So had a fun little buddy read with some people from Instagram and it was quite an interesting discussion we're not entirely sure how much we can say on the matter whilst keeping this spoiler free which we are going to we're going to very much attempt to keep this spoiler free so we might be talking in riddles (laughs) (laughs) either that or this will be the shortest episode we've ever recorded (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we'll we'll sort of let you know our thoughts and feelings and tell you whether we think it's worth a read or not so hannah's going to do the the usual little synopsis to get you interested and then we'll go okay so this is the story of a family going off the rails once one of the wealthy families in their rural irish town they're now on the verge of losing it all father dickie's car business is struggling mother imelda is facing the reality of her age and fading beauty and their children, Cass and PJ, are navigating adolescence in an increasingly unsteady family unit. Imelda's childhood certainly colours how she views their financial struggles, and Dickie is battling with demons from his own past too. We're introduced to the whole family intimately in the first four parts of the book, before the threads begin to wind together, hurtling headlong towards an uncertain future. That's it. That's all we can say. (laughs) That's it. Right, so... We'll talk at you later. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very, very good synopsis. That is what happens. Uh, So, yeah, I guess the the main thing to maybe start with is the 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 layout, the format of of the book. That's probably a good a good way to 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 start Um, because I feel like that was the thing that people struggled with the most, more than any of the actual content yeah of it so like hannah says these four family members are very much there's like a deep dive into each of their characters before they all start intertwining and crossing paths yeah um which meant for some exceedingly long chapters yes i wrote in my notes that i actually really loved that that very kind of um like you said, deep dive into each character. I felt like it really allowed me to connect with them all. So by the time that the kind of drama started happening at the end of the book, I was fully invested in every single yeah. one of them. So, But I did not need it to be... I mean, at one point there was like a chapter that was like a hundred and something pages long. And I just thought, that could have just been broken down. I like yeah. I like the parts, the sections, the splitting them up. I really did like that. But just please give us some smaller chapters. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it, it's something that we've mentioned plenty in the past before, and I don't think we're the only ones because it was that was like the first thing that came up pretty much on yeah. our 
buddy read chat but those chapters are just so blimmin' long and it did i i i finished our, our read ahead of schedule because i was going away and i didn't want to have to take this massive book with me i'll be honest um <laughs> so um i i had to i had to read fast and i i am glad with with books like this i'm so appreciative of doing it in a buddy read and having like this is the amount that i have to read today it's almost like my homework that yeah. i have to do and i was aware like okay so i have to do my homework today but i also need to do tomorrow's homework so i need to get ahead of things <laughs> so i was i was reading like <laughs> trying to get through the whole thing but i think i would have really struggled if i hadn't had i hadn't have had some sort of support schedule <laughs> yeah because it's um, I mean, so one of the things that drew me to this when we were discussing talking about, uh, we were wanted to pick a book, a, one of something off the shortlist, mm. and it was described as a tragic comedy. So I thought, oh, this is going to be kind of a bit of light relief, and there is a little bit of comedy in there as well, but it's like it's quite heavy topics mm. throughout, mm. Um, and to have that without even like a little break just to go and make a cup of tea I found really hard and I just dread it when I open it to do the schedule and I can see I'm just turning pages waiting for the end so I can put like a marker in and there just isn't um I think the the part that most people struggled with the most was Imelda's part um do you I think mostly to the fact that there is no punctuation throughout the whole of this it's more than a chapter like three chapters wasn't it and it was just never ending no way to even breathe let alone put the book down and stop and I think I would have benefited from there being some smaller smaller little sections in there a little bit of a reprieve every so often just to gather one's thoughts I don't really know why (laughs) why it's a thing (laughs) I would love to know why there have to be these in just incredibly long chapters is it like a is it a snobby thing i don't read so i don't know i just i read books with short chapters even if they're mahoosive books i read them so much quicker yeah it feels like a slog when you just keep because i'll kind of like flick forwards to be like right how many pages do i have to do before i get to this pause and when you flick forwards and it's like 40 pages and you're like i haven't got the energy to keep doing this i think it just puts me in a bad mood yeah i'm glad that i wasn't reading this on my kindle actually so on my kindle it says like 15 minutes till the end of the chapter this would have been like three hours till the end of the chapter (laughs) yeah two and a half days till the end of the chapter like ah that stresses me out so um, i'm glad that i actually read the, the physical book for this um but yeah as you as you said about the might as well touch on the uh punctuation biz yeah um now so there's there there weren't any speech marks anywhere no were there so that was first thing to like figure out and i i got my head around that fairly quickly but then we got to imelda's section and everything just everything left the party yeah why is that a thing as well? And it seems to be like Irish writers too. <laughs> okay. I'm well. I'm just thinking like your Sally Rooney's. Like that was the first the first book that I'd read that was just devoid of any sort of punctuation. And I'll admit, like it takes me a long time to get my head around it. Like I, I felt with this particularly, 
I, I kept having to go back and reread things. I'm thinking, I've got this massive section I need to finish here. I don't, I don't have time to reread this stuff, but I want to like understand her thoughts and feelings to get to know her. But I don't know. Is is it to is it to show like the chaotic nature of her mind or the I mean she's not she's not well educated is it is yeah. it that that I think it, I don't know I think for me where it fell down a little bit in Imelda's section Imelda's the mother is that it was twofold I think I think she is supposed to have not had this great education so that's why maybe she doesn't understand punctuation mm. and also she seems to be quite a chaotic um word vomit character mm. so the combination of the two just made for almost impossible reading. I think yeah. if you'd have had one or the other, I think it would have been bearable. And I do think what he did incredibly well is giving each of the characters a very distinctive voice hmm. just yeah, through the way that he wrote. And all of it was very believable. So that definitely felt like it was how she would be thinking and speaking. Similarly, Cass, who's a teenage girl, a little bit angsty, um kind of a little bit melodramatic at times that really felt believable and that's one of the first things I'd said I think when we started it's Cass's section that opens it and I was really impressed with how a male author in his 40s I think he is could give this teenage character this female teenage character such a believable voice I thought that was really well done but I think Imelda's section maybe just kind of fell down because it was both of those things together just made it so hard to read yeah it it did and yeah the the nature of her because we go go back in time we kind of kind of have dual timelines don't we within uh the the parents storylines anyway so we can learn about what <laughs> traumas they've been through <laughs> Because they've been through trauma, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's a family saga without a healthy dose of trauma for everybody involved? I thought that Imelda was going to be the the drama queen centre of attention. Uh-huh. And the, we learn quite early on um, what the, the beast in the uh, title of the book refers to in Imelda's section yeah and that's all very all very dramatic um and yeah very drama queeny but I was surprised that my opinion was very much changed as we as we went throughout um and reading I liked that as as I went on and read each person's section, like my perception of them changed so stratospherically. Yeah. Like with all of them as well, because it's really interesting starting off from Cass's section and she's an angsty teenager, like you say, who's obviously going to have a whole lot of disdain for her parents because that's what you do when you're an angsty teenager. Um, so... I, I almost I took her opinion a little bit with a pinch of salt. Yeah. But then delving into Imelda and D- Dickie's sections, like they they 
they blew my mind. Dickie's section in particular, I was, that was when I just, I couldn't stop reading. Yeah. Like when we, when I got into his bit and I was just like, this is insane. (laughs) It's that idea from Cass's perspective that she doesn't seemingly think that her parents have got any backstory or there's Mm. anything interesting that's ever happened. They've got nothing to offer her in terms of life experience or opinion. But then also with, as you said, like you expected a certain level of drama from Imelda, but Dickie being the kind of quiet, calm and collected. He seems to have his shit together, basically. And then you think it's always the quiet ones, isn't it? That are maybe Mm -hmm. struggling a little bit more. And I thought that was a really interesting thread to kind of bring through and make you really consider, as you say, how your perception is colored by other people's views. I I did think it was incredibly well done. I feel like we started on a negative note, moaning about the the format of the book, but I actually yeah. thought the story, the plot, the way that they drew me in, really was splendidly done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just, I really enjoyed this book. <laughs> yeah, it took it took me a, like a good bit of time to really get into it. Just the style of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once I once I reached Dickie's section, I just I could not put it down at all. Like I was I was enjoying the rest of it with a, a side portion of oh this is hurting my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then once I got to his section, it was just like easy to go right to the end and the pacing of it, obviously, because then once everything starts to cross paths and we're basically the whole last section of it flits in short chapters yes <laughs> between each of the characters and um everybody said that that was i guess their preference yeah in in terms of the, the speedy pacing and then from that point on it was really easy to get to the end yeah um I was kind of frantically reading it by the end just qu- yeah, keep same. going keep going keep going yeah and I think because it was definitely it was obviously building up to a specific moment of climax Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't, I couldn't get there quick enough. And then when it happened, I was like, ah, I need more now. (laughs) You've just got me going on this roll and now you're going to stop me. Um, Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I think, I think it was, it was very well done. I could picture this as a really good stage play. I was thinking about that as I was reading it. Yeah. The kind of almost monologue parts mm. and then the whole thing coming together with a lot of activity I could picture it really well done on stage yeah I I think you might be right there yeah I don't I don't think it's a film no or tv adaptation but it's certainly very dramatic yes. yeah it would it would lend itself well to to someone getting their creative teeth into that I feel like yeah staging wise it could probably be quite quite cool yeah Yeah. who was uh, i hesitate to ask because i actually don't i think it would be quite hard to pick a favorite character but did you have a favorite character of the family itself yeah yeah well i think i i think just because of the way that it made me feel it must i i kind of have to give it to to dicky Mm -hmm. um because i don't know he he's a surprised me the most yeah and also just offered up the most questions 
for me. I feel like I, I feel like I could understand, I, I mean, this might be because I'm a woman and <laughs> I've, I have been a, a teenage girl and I, I am a woman in my thirties, despite the fact that I have not been through any of the same sort of, uh, situations that Amelda had been through um I feel like I can relate to the way she thinks about things uh, yeah. more maybe um I really also I we haven't talked about PJ much at all have we and I really liked his sections yeah as well he was just such a sweet boy yeah <laughs> Um, so I was going to say, I think Imelda probably takes it for me, but I had such a soft spot for PJ and I just got the feeling from him, which I guess is probably true for a lot of like youngest or second children, mm. that he just kind of got forgotten about a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 there is a plot point, which I will not spoil, that really gave me like the fear of like, yeah. why is no one paying attention to this kid? Yeah. And I just felt for him and and his his trying to connect with Dicky and the project that they get involved in, which mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's a spoiler, so I'll kind of keep that vague. Yeah. Um, him wanting to connect, and I just wondered how, if we read PJ's story carrying on, is this the traumatic experiences that he's going to talk about in the future if mm. this saga continues? And I was like, we're watching these traumas happen to these children now. And it's shaping the story for the next generation. And I just was like, oh, I'd somebody just love him and pay attention to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he did seem like a genuinely sweet character who, yeah, I I would have happily read, read more about him. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I kind of understand why, why his plot went the way it went. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Dicky Dicky takes it for me, just because I when I was reading that section, I just felt so desperately sad for him. Like yeah. I, that was one of the I, I didn't cry, but it was it was closer than normal maybe. Uh -huh. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I thought I thought that it was really like considerately written as well. Yeah, it it's definitely, uh, uh, yeah that that probably needed some trigger warnings. Yeah, when you when you set, um, yeah, M maybe look up trigger warnings if you're worried about anything. But um, I was very surprised when we got into Dickie's section, and I hmm. I think I'd put in the buddy group chat like, whoa, <laughs> just whoa there, <laughs> beware everybody, because I it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's that's the thing that it surprised, like th that event surprised me. But then, where his character went after that event surprised me um, even more. So I think that that was the thing that I, yeah, I just I really really felt for him, and like the choices that he was having to make and. Yeah. yeah, you could see him just kind of spiraling downwards and taking mm. everybody with him. And I think What's that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does. Like you said, it throws up a lot of questions. And I think 
I don't want to spoil the ending, but let's just say that we don't necessarily get all of the answers that we want no. from from the end of this book either, which I think um, I've come a little bit to terms with. At first I was annoyed because I was like, you've just dragged me on this journey and I still need more. Um, yeah. But I actually think I'm I'm kind of okay with it now. And yeah. as I said, I feel like I see it more as, as part of the story. These characters will continue or not and yeah. the cycle will probably keep yeah. happening yeah so i just yeah i think it was probably more realistic for it to end like that than anything definitely. else definitely definitely i i think i said in in the buddy read group that i like a book where i'm left wanting to know more but only if i've enjoyed the book yes (laughs) if it was if it was a book that i'd been sort of reading throughout and then got to the end and been like oh then then that would be game over for me but because i'm invested in all of these characters i am invested in my mind in their possible onward journeys or not yeah um so i feel like i i i can almost like choose to fill in the blanks <laughs> yeah uh if that's cryptic enough <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking we really cannot say anything else <laughs> no that's it um one of the things that i thought was kind of an interesting thread that ran through was the theme of climate change and that kind of like almost doomsday-ish vibe that um I don't know that I needed but I also feel like the book certainly would not have been the same without it I think it was definitely part of um Dickie's working out process and um and the kind of fear of wanting to protect against something which you are not really in control of, something much bigger and something which is kind of spiralling. And I thought, yeah. I wondered whether that had been a kind of purposeful motif to kind of represent that bigger issue that you're trying like desperately to recycle your Coke cans when actually <laughs> the big problem, I know we, we read both read a book quite recently which feeds into that same idea yeah um what was it called now i'm mentioning i should say his name not the end of the world by hannah ritchie and i really got i felt like it was like a a double header of a book that um trying to just like bail out the boat with a teaspoon while you've got like (laughs) waves crashing over the top of it i thought was really interesting um yeah i don't know whether that was purposefully to reflect that same feeling but that's definitely what i got from it so yeah yeah it yeah it was an interesting sort of side side project almost mm-hmm. um i was getting some some mad Earl vibes from the from the doomsday prep that yeah. was going on <laughs> i was like what's the deal with this like character coming <laughs> up again that's a strange coincidence but yeah apparently apparently i need one of those characters in every book now <laughs> <laughs> i did think now that you've brought him up what was he called victor that's yeah i did think the side characters um maybe came across as a little bit caricature-ish yeah 
but I didn't mind that. I think it meant that there was not very many of them and they all did their mm-hmm. job. So I didn't hate that they all seemed kind of a bigger version of themselves. So Dickie's yeah. dad is this kind of big I am guy Compass, who's yeah. golfing in Portugal and comes back yeah. to save the day. And and yeah, I felt like that it did work for the story to have just these very small amount of side characters that just did the job and did it quick. Um, yeah. So yeah, Victor was kind of every single cliche of a doomsday prepper rolled into one, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't hate it. <laughs> no, I feel like maybe that's where like the comedic elements almost came in. Be like a, a bit of an eye roll moment of like, yeah. all right, that's that's that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't hate it either. But yes, you are right. They f- yes, full of full of cliches and like a slightly dodgy eastern european dude knocking about and yeah brazilian a brazilian maid and like <laughs> yeah that's yeah it is it's almost like the kind of like faulty towers over the top characters but yeah i think you're right they do add that kind of comedy element where this family is just mired in tragedy <laughs> that kind of balances it out a little bit yeah yeah so yeah definitely. i liked i liked all of them as well um I'm trying to think what else we can say without ruining Doing any big spoilers. the story. Um, yeah. What did you think about, like, location-wise? I know you've mentioned he's an Irish writer and it's set in the this rural Irish town with a little bit of transportation to Dublin. Yeah. And it's not a place... I've been to Dublin once. I haven't spent that much time there. But I felt like um, it was... I got the feeling of the kind of particularly Cass going from the tiny village to the big city and her excitement and how um, the history of her family having been there, the history of the city itself. I really did get that feeling of um, adventure and growing up and taking those kind of tentative steps. Yeah. I I thought it was, yeah, that was, um, I, I could relate to that having grown up in, not in Ireland, but in like a in a small town setting, and then moved to a biggish city. Yeah, to to study. So yeah, I I I could I appreciated the sort of going down the local shitty pub, <laughs> and yeah. that's where you where you had to go, and um, going like behind the house into the woods and just like messing around in the woods and things like that like it yeah that that is what you do when you live <laughs> in the countryside that's um yeah so i i could quite easily picture all of that um and yeah that sense of adventure like you say going going to the big city for the first time and kind of letting your hair down and yeah but then missing home and actually still still wanting to talk about the past and yeah yeah and it may be not turning out to be as shiny and and exciting as you thought it to be which I guess again reflects the kind of facade that the family has had of this success and financial wealth and that kind of act Mm -hmm. that actually behind it there might be things crumbling a little bit and I think that was all um yeah, I, I loved reading about um, Dickie's time in Dublin as well. His kind of freedom and exploration and finding yeah. himself, I thought, was really nice yeah, to read same. about as well. Same. Yeah. I I, I really loved this book. I, I probably would have given it five stars had it 
not theme for the long chapters and uh, slightly baffling uh, lack of punctuation for me. Like those those things matter to me and they like just get on my goat a little bit. But the yeah. actual content of the book, I I loved and yeah. I thought the writing was brilliant. I loved all the characterizations. I really cared about everybody. The ending was interesting. I'm not mad at it. I would read more by him. Yeah, same. I think I'm going to be boring and say pretty much exactly the same. I think for me, it's always about character. And the second that you've got that really deep connection in the way mm. that he did, I would, I'd welcome more books that do that, that just focus yeah. really on one character and let me get to know them before yeah. you give me the rest of the story. I don't mind if the book is 800 pages long because yeah. you end up feeling more for the characters so yeah I th- but I do I mean I I always I always say like I love a mul- multiple POV because I like getting a more well-rounded story yeah and I think this was tackled yeah, in a really clever and brilliant way I don't think I've ever read anything with that kind of formatting of no me neither four massive character chunks and then everything smashes together at the end I really enjoyed that element of it it was just the fact that the chapters were so huge. Yeah. That knocks it down a little <laughs> peg for me. I think um, a lot of people said that they found it much easier doing the audio book. There was a few uh-huh. people who were doing half and half and really mm. found the audio to be better. So I think that's a tip if you're a bit uncertain after our our chat of whether or not it's for you. Maybe the audio book is the way to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. I would I would read anything else by him and, and really enjoyed it, really rate it. I think it was a great first read for 2024. Yeah, yeah, and I totally understand why it was Booker shortlisted. Like, I get it. Yeah. So there you go. That was our first, first 2024 reads together, which has set us up nicely for the rest of the year, hopefully. Yeah. And um, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do for next month. Haven't really thought about. Haven't thought about February yet. <laughs> Just got to get through January first. It's kind of stretching and dragging on as it always does. Yeah, I feel like my January's actually gone pretty quick, to be honest. But I think it's just because I've been working more than more than I would normally in January. So yeah, <laughs> that's probably helped. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll talk at you later. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi there! Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls One Book podcast. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls One Book Pod. So come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.